When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way, back again with our morning agenda show. And yet one more day until the Premier League returns. Look, I can see TC already smiling. It's got that massive. It's back today, mate. You got you got Palace and Spurs. Uh, we don't we don't care about that. We don't we care, care if they lose. We yeah. care if they lose, but we yeah. don't care about we don't care about Tottenham overall. But Tom, how are you doing this morning? Yeah, good. Tired, but good. Yes, uh, it's that train is a, is a long one. I tell you, just like trying to like battle falling asleep on the train sometimes. You know. Yeah, Tom's Tom's not at home as you can see, so I've decided to take hosting duties this morning. Um, he's in the office today. It's a rarity for you, isn't it? It's quite yeah. gloomy outside, to be honest. Like it's grey, which it hopefully is. tomorrow won't be. Yeah, it's depressing. Yeah, Tom will be at the Emirates um, ahead of Arsenal's game against Sheffield United, which we'll discuss uh, later on in the show. Um, but first things first, some injury news. Uh, TC Gabriel Jesus mm-hmm. um, was missing from Arsenal's training yesterday. I think it was. Um, yeah. when, when did they come back from Sevilla? They st- I think they stayed there. They would have come back on um, on Wednesday morning and then had like recovery and then they would recovery. have had their first proper training session yesterday. But Jesus uh, reportedly wasn't there. So, yeah. Have you heard anything in terms of the injury? No, not not on this end. Um, the report came from Isan Khan, uh, the male initially, uh, who broke it yesterday. Uh, Arteta will obviously do his press conference this afternoon. So... I say we'll learn more. We probably won't. Uh, <laughs> he probably won't tell us anything, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's at one thirty. Yeah, no, it's interesting because obviously we've got Sheffield United this weekend um, against a team, we have to be honest, which are struggling right now. Mm. Um, and then obviously in midweek, we've got a Carabao Cup game against West Ham United. <laughs> Even though Gabriel Jesus, top player, you, you would want him in your team every single day of the week. If there's an opportunity to give him a bit of a rest, it's probably these next two games, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. It's come at a good time. You know, imagine if that happened right before like the City game or the Chelsea game or something like that, you know. So we probably can't afford to to not use Jesus and still we should be expected to win. You've got I'd I'd start probably Kai Havertz up top, um, or Trossard um for the game. You know, either of those two options. I'd I think I'd lean towards them over in Ketia, to be honest. Um I don't know. I felt as though when Enketia came on against Sevilla, I wasn't really that impressed with his contribution. I wasn't either. I wasn't either. <laughs> it looked like a tired performance, weirdly. Do you know what I mean? Lazy. He seemed lazy. Like, there was a moment where he had like a run on the left hand side. He got and just watched out. Yeah, he got yeah. out. Yeah. And I'm like, if you're in a position whereby you know you're fighting for your place, and I think that was right in front of Arteta as well. Yeah. Like you <laughs> like you want absolutely fight two for nail to get to that ball and I just felt like he, he didn't so maybe I'm being too harsh but yeah so okay say for example Gabriel Jesus is out this weekend mm. obviously the favourite to replace him would be Eddie Nketiah 
due to past mm. performances, due to what Mikel Arteta has done in the past. But you, you've said that you'd go with Kai Havertz. But Trossard is another option there. You saw mm. him last season, centrally, he looked good when you replaced Gabriel uh, Jesus for a couple of games. So, obviously, when people speak about the fact that we need a striker, yes, potentially we do. But we do have options in that position. You know, we absolutely do have options. And I think... Um... You know, Trossard showed, as you say, last season that he can play at centre forward very comfortably. He's very creative. I think he's stylistically a lot more similar to Jesus than what Nketiah is. Um, someone also said to me that was like they play Martinelli through the middle and give that a go. Did see, but did you see um, uh, in midweek in the Champions League, at times Martinelli was in the number nine position. Gabriel mm. Jesus was going out wide. Martinelli yeah. was interchanging. So I think Trossard and him could do that quite comfortably, mm. you know. So I wouldn't mind seeing Martinelli and Trossard interchanging those positions on the central and, and left-hand side. I think that's that's fine. I think there's a question about Saka as well because, you know, his form's not been too great of late and this is kind of a good game comfortably at home, you know. It feels like ages since we've played at home. It's because that Man City result was the first time. But since we've had kind of like what you would argue is a relatively that you're expected to win. I mean, I'm thinking back through our, our home games and I think the last one before City, it wasn't, was it Man United, our last home game before, like, outside Spurs? of Europe? Was it Spurs? Spurs? No, yes, it might have been Spurs, you're right. Um, so we've played some really difficult home yeah, games. Sure. Like we had the, you know, the win over United, we had the win over, uh, the draw with uh, Spurs and then the City game. So obviously the PSV game was interspersed in there, but we've not had, like, you know, the the Fulhams and the Nottingham Forest that we had at the start of the season because yeah. people have underestimated how difficult our start was to the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Spurs have now got a really difficult next nine games and, and you got to hope that that's going to change things in the table and how it looks quite significantly. Mm. No, definitely, definitely. This, Martin Odegaard. Yeah, mm. we, we've discussed, I think, throughout the week. He doesn't look... Um, he doesn't look 100% right now. I, I don't know mm. what the reason is behind his uh, lack of form. But again, when you talk about who we're playing this weekend, again, it's an opportunity for Mikel Arteta. If he does want to give him a brief up, if he does want to take him out of the firing line, there's an opportunity to do that this weekend. You've got Fabio Vieira, who could potentially come in. Emil Smith-Rowe, to be fair to him, I think in the cameos I've seen him in the past few weeks, he's looked decent. On the right-hand side, um, I think he's got a good relationship with Bukaya Saka. Um, and you see Mikel Arteta trusting him a bit more in recent weeks. Mm. So what's your take on that, like, overall? Because like, there could be an opportunity to ring the changes this weekend. Yeah, it could be. I, I still think that there's a lot of emphasis still needed to build up some consistency with an 11, you know, because... Yeah. I think one of the reasons why we've maybe lacked that cutting edge and fluidity and, you know, using all these kind of buzzwords, if you like, is because we haven't had the same 11 playing week in, week out. You know, we've had Jesus out, Martinelli's been injured, Saka's been out, Partey's been missing for a long period of time. Um, You know, we've not been settled on the back four necessarily because we had Partey at right back at the start of the season, then White came in, then we've had Zinchenko, now Tommy Asu's making an effort to play at left back. So I think there's an argument that, that we need to be a bit consistent with our lineups, especially in the Premier League. You know, I think we've got West Ham in midweek. We can rotate for that game. Um, you know, we don't need to go full strength for that. You can give players like Smith Rowe, like Havertz, like Kivior, like arguably Zinchenko, maybe. Um, you know, opportunities to play. I still think you know you want to go relatively strong and try and win that game. You don't want to lose a game, but I'm not you know wildly you know, attached to the League Cup in the same way as I am to obviously the other tournaments that we're in. So I think. 
I think I would still go strong against Sheffield United. If Jesus is out, I think the only change I'd make is, is him for, for a Trossard or a Havertz. And if Partey's fit, obviously he would come in for Jorginho. Maybe I'd play Havertz over Jorginho if Partey's not fit. I might move Part- Havertz into the midfield or Smith Rowe because I think we can afford to have that extra attacking midfielder against a team like Sheffield United. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But I think there needs to be more consistency in the lineups to help with that, you know, that form and the momentum. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't think we discussed this news. I think it came out a couple of days ago, even yesterday. Um, mm. There was links um, of our assistant coach, Albert Steinberg, to Ajax. Have you seen it in the past few days? I don't think that's going to materialise because I think Who's Ajax... Who's this for, uh, Albert Steinberg, our assistant oh, right. coach. Yeah, yeah Albert Steubenberg. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw... I think was it AFC Camden that, that did the tweet? Yeah, um, but no, so it's... It- it was it was like even on TNT Sports last night they they really? spoke about it but they said um, it doesn't seem like it will materialize because Ajax are going to set to a point I think another coach I'm not sure the name but there were links there uh, potentially you never know what's been happening behind behind the scenes in terms mm. of this um, deal but it's an interesting one isn't it. Yeah, uh, there is a few. I can just search on Twitter now, seeing what's being kind of talked about. I've not personally heard anything of that, yeah. but obviously the Ajax things I've seen there. Um, I mean, if it's if that's an opportunity, you can't begrudge him you for taking yeah. it. It's a great, it's a great chance for him to go and and get like a first um, full on coaching role. And it's interesting because we have seen a lot of change, and we are seeing a lot more change. We've seen, you know, um, Steve Round obviously left in the summer. Um, Gary O'Driscoll, the club doctor, has moved on to Manchester United. We're seeing Vinay Venkateshwam leave at the end of the season. So there is a lot of change, you know, mm. higher up. And I think that there's an argument that maybe Arteta has seen all of these people help them get to this stage. Yeah. And the club's seen them get to this stage. And now with people moving on kind of in a timely period in the same kind of period of time, maybe they want to bring in some people that are now about establishing them at the, the very elite level. Not that these people weren't capable of that, but just because they want to go off for new challenges and things like that. And we can now look to try and bring in some people that maybe are of an absolute elite caliber for their positions that have got more experience. You know, we had really young people involved at Arsenal high up. Steve Round was one of the more experienced figures in the, in the club. But obviously, Josh Kroenke, who looks more of kind of the big owner than, than Stan does, is a young guy. Yes, loads of experience in sport, of course, but still a young guy. Vinay, relatively young, early 40s as well. Edu, early 40s. Arteta, young coach. Um, so maybe they want to bring in some some high-level experience that have, have been at the top, at the top of the game for, for a long period of time. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. That's purely speculation, but it would make sense. So that probably excludes your fav- one of your favourite players from the I, I'm probably out. I'm just going to put that. There. I'm, I'm probably not in consideration. Very much, Santi, Santi. I don't know about Santi. No, they're, they're really good mates. Um, uh, are Arteta and Santi. So I'd like to see him back at the club. He's my favourite Arsenal player. Yeah, so you know, I'd I'd love to see him back at Arsenal. But uh, he's playing at Real Oviedo this season. Um, I don't know how long he'll continue to play for. It seems like obviously that that I felt like the Qatar move was like an end of career. But he's had another transfer, so you never know. Like he might keep going. He's looked still very good, you know, and he's just he's just kind of one of those players that keeps his talent, like it doesn't flitter away like it does for some players. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I saw the news, I think, yesterday and I was on Twitter. I thought mm. this is quite interesting. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I think when you have a coaching team or set up that has got you to that top four or potentially fighting for the title, at times you need to look for improvements 
not not necessarily improvements, but someone that can take you to the promised land in in, in a way. And Mikrateta probably thinks it's good to freshen it up. Um, maybe if an opportunity comes for one of our coaches, they probably think, yeah, this is too good of an opportunity to turn down. So, yeah, I don't think anything will materialize now that Ajax are set to appoint their new manager. But I just thought um, it would be good to speak about that. Um, next good topic of. I can't Comment. wait to get the new dog we get in the season. So we've got competition for win. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> that surprised me though. Apparently, apparently, oh, there's a, there's a, apparently, there's a few players in the dressing room that are scared of the dog. Scared of the dog. Thomas Party being one of them. Really? Where have you heard that? I've heard it. Interviews. Sources. Sources. Interviews. There's interviews from our players. I think Reese Nelson mentioned it. Thomas Party Wind's doesn't cute, like it. I don't really know. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. You know, some people don't like dogs. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why, but yeah, mm. some people don't like dogs. I'm I'm allergic to them. That's what sucks for me. So it's just interesting, yeah. But no, it, it is hilarious. But yeah, it wouldn't be surprising if Mikel Arteta does get a replacement for win or some competition. But what would you get? What would you replace them with? Like title? Is that what they're called? Like you know, how would you replace win? Like, sure, it's the perfect name. Trophy, title, connection, uh, principles. Amira says in the comments, Amira says in the comments we'll get a new dog called Invincible. Right invincible, now, yeah. we haven't lost in the Premier League. No, so technically still invincible. So technically we are. It's funny you hear Jack Grealish's comments a few weeks ago when everyone keeps talking about our invincible trophy and how we overhype it. Jack Grealish a few weeks ago said, "What would top a treble winning campaign? Going invincible." Yeah. Because it's bit, it's bit. Someone said to me the other day. Um, um, I can't remember who it was. Someone said to me, and I probably best I don't name them anyway. And they were like, uh, you know, Arsenal have not. Arsenal haven't gone forwards since the Invincibles. And I was like, what do you mean they've not gone forwards since the Invincibles? You can't go further exactly. forwards than the Invincibles. That, that's like the peak. Like you could win everything else and be invincible, I suppose. But that's just not going to happen. Like, I want to get back to the level where we're competing for titles and stuff. And they were like, well, you know, I'd rather like. I'd rather have an Invincibles season than than a treble. And they were like, well, you'd rather have one than three trophies. And I'm like, well, it's unique. Like, it's it's an achievement that stands out on its own. And then the they said, would you rather... Yeah. No, exactly. They said, would you rather go on Invincible again this season and win the title or win a treble? And I did say, I'd rather win the treble this season because we've not done that before, yeah. you know. So having both of them. But I wouldn't trade the Invincible season for a treble. Well, that's a different question, and I wouldn't trade it. It's unique. It's unique. Mm. Manchester United won the treble, and Manchester City, like they've done it. Who yeah. has won? Who's done the Invincibles in the Premier League? In the Premier League, no. Obviously, Preston North End did it. Preston North End done it ago, exactly. But they but... were very, very in a smaller league, and you know, yeah. it's very different. But I think Nottingham Forest had a longer unbeaten run. Celtic, did, they? did Celtic do it in the Scottish? Celtic have done, I mean, Barcelona, I think, have done it. Um, I think yeah. um, have Bayern Munich done it as well? I think, or Juve, one of the Italian sides. I think you know, in their own respective leagues, they've done it. But the Premier League is the hardest league in the world, exactly. you know. And Arsenal have gone unbeaten in it, so can't beat it. Exactly, can't be indeed. Um, moving on to some transfer news. Um, Douglas Luiz, he seems to be on fire right now, TC. Like mm. every single week, he seems to be making a contribution, whether it's an assist, whether it's a goal. Obviously, Aston Villa are playing fantastic right now. You need to give them a yeah. lot of credit because I think Una Emery 
is doing a fantastic job at Villa Park right now. I think they won 4-1 last night against Alkmaar yeah. in the Europa Conference what League. What kids has 15 and 15-14, I think, this season? One, You know what? One good thing I think Emery is good at is improving strikers. Mm. Everywhere mm. I think he goes, he seems to improve the striker that he has. I think he done it at Arsenal, Villarreal, Valencia, um, Aston Villa now. Like he seems to just improve strikers, but Douglas Luiz is a player that is improving week on week, and it seems Arsenal still hold an interest in this potential mm. deal, according to reports. But what's your take on it? Because he's playing so good right now. He signed the contract recently. We were, I think, it was last summer, was it TT? We were linked with him for around how much was it? Twenty-five million pounds. Must have been. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think we put a bid that got rejected for twenty-five million pounds in that summer window. Um, when Gerard was yeah. in charge, wasn't it? I, I thought at the time that's far too much money, you know, mm. uh, to be honest. And look, I think he's a good player. He does score. He does take penalties for them as well. It's worth remembering. So that counts towards his goal tally. But he's having a good season. Um, I do think that there's something to be said about Unai Emery teams in particular. Like some players just work with an Unai Emery system. Like it, ju it just works. Um, yeah. And I think maybe Douglas Luiz fits that. I'm not sure he fits in the same way into the Arsenal team. I know some people might say, well, he works if he played ahead of Rice in that left eight position, maybe that might work. And look, I think he'd add good depth to the squad, but I don't think he's a starter for us, to be honest. Hmm. No, I agree. I just, I look at the price tag being reported, like £60 million, pounds, £70 million. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Pounds. It's ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah. Um, I mean, you like Paqueta's going for like yeah. 70 You know, I'd rather get Paqueta for 70 odd million than Douglas Luiz for 60 100%. 100%. He scored a fantastic goal um, last night as well, Paqueta. Mm. But there's, there's a lot of players in the midfield that we could be targeting. I think you're a big fan of Fofana. Um, yeah. Mendy, yep. another player that potentially could be eyed in the summer transfer window. But it's interesting because obviously the Havertz debates continues. In recent mm. weeks, Mikelote hasn't started him in midfield. He's been on the bench. And when he has come on, It's been in the forward positions, to be honest, sometimes as a striker, sometimes as a right-sided midfielder. But do you think Arsenal still need to replace Grant and Shaka? Uh, I think so, yeah. I think, we, you know, we've missed him this season. And that probably is the biggest evidence to suggest that we need to replace him because we miss him. Um, he's a very difficult player to replace because you're going to struggle to find a player with the attributes exactly what he has. I know that he didn't, you know, convince everybody as to his qualities. I think that last season was the only time that we saw him play in his best position in an Arsenal shirt and we saw what he was capable of. It's a shame that maybe we weren't able to unlock that sooner. It's a shame that I think that, you know, Arsenal didn't go into the market and get a defensive midfielder earlier in his career. Because if you remember, like, it was between Xhaka and Kante and... Chelsea ended up getting Kante because Wenger, I think, wasn't willing to go down the pathway that it was going to take to get Kante than Chelsea was. And so we went for Xhaka instead. But then we played Xhaka most of the time at DM, which is, is a position he can play, but it, it, it highlights his vulnerabilities, doesn't insinuate his, his, his qualities. And I think that, you know, if we're going to go and try and find a player to replace Xhaka, it's got to be a box-to-box -box midfielder out and out. Like It can't be an attacking midfielder that you try and play at left eight like we've done with Havertz I think you have to get a player that's more rounded you know so that's why I like Yusuf Fafana because I think he 
does things in both thirds of the field. You know, I, I was, I kind of fell for the guy as soon as I watched him in the Emirates Cup, yeah, you know, in the flesh. Amazing. He was brilliant that day, like so good. So, and obviously, you know, he's, he's getting into the French national side and, you know, potentially pushing for a place in that, you know, arguably the best team in the world on the international scene. So, yeah, I think that he'd be great. But there are potentially other players out there as well. I want to speak about uh, Kubo. Have you seen much of him? Mm. I mean, I saw him. He's obviously had a fair few loans um, from from Real Madrid. He was at Barcelona initially, mm. um, and then obviously he he left and eventually made his way to to Real Madrid. I think uh, was he? At, yeah, he was at Barcelona, and then he went back to Japan, um, and then came back into to Spain through Real Madrid. He's yeah, been yeah. to Hatafe, Villarreal. He was at, under Unai Emery actually uh, at Villarreal, yeah. um, and then is now at Real Sociedad, and he's got. Five goals, two assists, nine games in La Liga this season. I can't say that I know. Like I watch the guy week in, week out. I know like his history, as I've demonstrated there. But like, yeah, he's more of a right-sided player. Um, but and he's left-footed, so he's inverted as well, which obviously would give you um, competition for Saka. And I say competition; he's more cover. I, I just think that I'd rather go for Neto. You know, if we're going to bring in a winger, go for Neto. Go get someone that's got real pace, real like the ability to get in behind, uh, knows the Premier League. You know, and you know our own Diogo Jota, if you like. And I think that's the type of player that we should get. Yeah, definitely. We're going to take a few of you guys' questions before we wrap up. Uh, Amika in the chat says, "I think we should go for Oli Watkins, but Villa will not let him go so easy." Watkins is on fire right now, but what's your yeah. take? I think he's in a similar bracket to Tony for me. You know, those two, they're, they're good Premier League strikers. Uh, Aston Villa at Brentford, the systems are, uh, are surrounded to get the ball to them, to give them opportunities to score. And so, and, and they're in the 27, 28-year-old, you know, age bracket. So I, I don't think you're, you're going to, I don't think you're going to see a return on your investment in any kind of sell-on capacity. Like you, you invest in younger players. They keep their value for a long time. You know, as soon as you buy Watkins or Tony, the amount of money that you spend on them is is going to start immediately diminishing. And they're coming from teams, as I say, that, that are focused around those as, as individual centre-forwards, whereas Arsenal is a lot more of a collective team where you, you spread the goals throughout the side rather than it just being at the centre-forward. I know that people think that if we sign an out-and-out striker, it solves all of our problems. I don't think it does. Hmm. You know, I don't think that Arteta's philosophy, I don't think his style is suited to a classic number nine, unless you're going to be able to bring in the best of the best, of which I don't think Watkins or Tony is. You know, if you bring in your Haaland like City did, then you can try and change to, to, to you know, adapt to a player of that level. You know, if you can get an Ozymen, somebody like that, you know, you can adapt your game to try and bring somebody in like that and change it for that. But for Tony and Watkins, I think all that people are excited about with those two is more that they are different to what we already have. And I think I'd rather go and sign a young player that's got the real potential to kind of grow into something like a Santiago Jimenez, like a Benjamin Sesco, like a Victor Boniface. You know, these types of players, I think that would be the better options. Interesting. Uh, Ray Bams in the chat says, do we need to offload players to get any new signings considering our financial fair play status? I mean, we'd need to just in terms of numbers because we've got a 25-man squad, you know, with Timber, with Cedric staying, we've got a 25-player squad. So, Yes, we would. Um, those players would be, you know, you'd look at Cedric as being one of those players. Um, Jorginho has been linked with with an exit. You know, Partey has been linked with an exit. Um, 
we can't really afford to lose any defenders outside of Cedric, to be honest, because hmm. um, we, we're quite light in in, the, in terms of options in that area. Reese Nelson, Eddie Nketiah, you know, these players can be sold. Smith Rowe, obviously. So I do think that we would need to to see us at least one sale to uh, potentially open the door to an incoming because our 25-man squad is taken up at the moment. Hmm. And final question of this morning from Amira. Who would you say has been our best, most clinical finisher this season alone? Trossard? Mm, yeah, potentially. Um, his goal against Everton was great. His goal against Chelsea was great. His goal against PSV was great. Um, it's a good question. Um, I think it might be Trossard, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, the same. I think it is Trossard. I'm trying to think of anybody else. Odegaard has far too many shots to be called clinical. Um, Havertz has obviously Trossard. only had his penalty. Jesus has missed chances. Saka has missed chances. So I, I think it probably is Trossard, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Trossard has been fantastic this season in all the cameos, all the stars that he's made. So yeah, I'll probably Maybe go <laughs> could be Ben White. Ben White's like, one, one, shot, one, two shots, one goal. <laughs> he tried one the other day against Sevilla. Did he see it? Yeah, yeah, that's why I really had that shot from range. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's why he scored against Bournemouth, didn't he? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of his new haircut? I like it. I said to yeah. the missus, I was like, I'm going to do that. And she was like, no, you're he not. Said, no. <laughs> I, I knew that was going to be the next thing you'd say. But no, I like it as well. I think it's different, which is good. But we're going to wrap it up there, TC. Um, just before we do uh, end the show, um, I want to get your predictions uh, for tomorrow. Obviously, you'll be yep. there. What are you thinking? Yeah, it hopefully should be a fairly comfortable game. You know, Sheffield United have drawn one, lost eight of their nine games. There's little expectation uh, on on you know on their part. I think they'll come and try and sit back and absorb pressure as they usually do. But you know, they very nearly got a win against Spurs, so you got to be wary of that. They, you know, Man United had to scrape past them two one. That's two two ones against two big six sides. So maybe we should give them more credit than they're getting so far. But we should be relatively comfortable. So I'm going to go three 0 Arsenal. He says that, and then. When, when they'll probably end up scoring in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I said this yesterday to somebody. I was like, look, we gave a goal to Southampton. We gave a goal to Forrest, uh, Bournemouth. Fulham. Fulham is, what was it, Fulham? Fulham, I think. Well, yeah, Fulham. Like, yeah. Just keep a clean sheet at home. Yeah, yeah, like, if you can do it against City, you can, you can do it against anyone. So, Definitely. you know, do it. No, interesting. Let's, let's see what happens tomorrow, but I think it'll be a fairly comfortable afternoon. I, I'll, I'll go with 4-0. I'll go with 4 0 to the Arsenal. But let us know in the comments um, how you think tomorrow's game will go at the Emirates. Uh, let us know um, what you think about what we've discussed um, this morning. Do you think Arsenal should pursue a move for Douglas Luiz? And yeah, let us know about striking uh, interest, um, links to Kubo and Neto. It'll be interesting to get all your thoughts on that. But yeah, if you have enjoyed the show, folks, make sure to drop a like, comment, subscribe, and keep following us down the Arsenal way. Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's Football is here to stay. And so are we.